Bună, eu sunt Abi de la grupul Temple. Voi acum ascultați la Dumtum. Prepare la This is the Doom Tomb Podcast, the podcast for all things within the heavy underground. My name is Chris. I am your host. Now, today, we're going to do something a little bit different because, if you noticed, we've been doing some interviews here and there. We need to get back to doing those on a more full-time basis. We're also doing Daily Dose episodes where we do a bio and then we play a track. So I'm going through some stuff on Bandcamp, and I see this band, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I put them up on social media. They hit me up. They want to do an interview. Now, honestly, we were just going to talk about the song. But things got so sidetracked, we went on all different directions. Well, enough of that. How about this? Why don't you hear it? This is the interview right now. Because here's a band that, uh, you know, I put some stuff on social media. I liked what they did. I had them on the wish list in Bandcamp. And, uh, you know, they reached out and said, hey, you know, thanks for thanks for playing our stuff and, and, and showing it to people. And I'm like, you know what? You want to come on and talk about the song? You want to do that? I'm like, well, fuck yeah, we do. So I have Michael Scott and I have Taylor here from the band Lord Velvet. Guys, how you doing today? doing good brother pretty wow. great man <laughs> that that course is kicking in full board now let's let's talk about this because in in your bio you're talking about some bands that really they had this prog style but it's like a proto doom or proto metal whatever you want to call it now some of my favorites like sir lord baltimore pagan altar of course sabbath purple Atomic Rooster, Mountain, oh, Leslie West, Jesus Christ, and and so many others. Then they add up to this sound that you're creating in Colorado. So how did everybody come together to form this band? Take it away, uh, Taylor, you know. Uh, short answer, Craigslist? <laughs> yeah, dude, misconnection section. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yes, like, yes. Hey, girl, I saw you out at the show last night. You want to jam? <laughs> well, hey, no, sometimes uh, that's the easiest way. You know, you, you a lot of people just put ads out. And then, I mean, didn't didn't Kiss do it with, uh, you know, for for when Ace Frehley got uh, got picked up by them? And there's it's countless others. I mean, Motley Crue. But I mean, you know, uh, it, it, I think that's that's just the way people do it. Yeah. I mean, like the the origin of this band was pretty interesting because. It started as my old band was looking for another guitarist. And then as we just kind of kept going, just people just kept dropping and kept dropping until it was an entirely new lineup. And we were an entirely different band looking for an entirely different sound. And we just said, we're something else now. We're going this way. So right on. Yeah, so, and I love it. <laughs> for a little background, Chris, I was I had put up some Craigslist ads about playing guitar, playing bass, about playing bass. Right. And these guys reached out to me and they were like, you know, can you play guitar? And I was like, I mean, I can. And so I dusted off the guitar from under the bed, right. showed up with some crappy gear, and then I wasn't really sure. But Taylor's voice is so incredible that I stuck with it, and these guys kept dropping off. And then we got Mike, who plays drums. He's incredible. 
And we finally found Matt, which was the last piece. He was playing bass, and I play bass, and he, uh, he needs to be on point, and Matt is on point. He kills it. It's amazing. Yeah. Matt so, came in, and it just locked in. Like, first jam, this new sound emerged. Just like, this is it. This is what we are. Yeah, and uh, so now we've got this, we've got this uh, track that I want to talk about, but I also want to talk about the debut EP, Astro Lady. Now, that's supposed to be coming out in the middle of this year. Are we still on course? Uh, yeah, so what we're doing right now, to anyone who's listening out there, is we're currently shopping it to record labels to see what we can get done that way. Right. And if we don't uh, get any bites or there's nothing worthwhile that we want, what we're going to do is go ahead and release it ourselves mm -hmm. um, and then just take it from there. We're going to do some uh, out-of-town dates this summer. So the idea would be to release it and then to go on tour to promote it. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, shop it around. Th throw it up. Uh, yeah. And and from, from the first single, I mean, come on, man. You're falling right in the genre now. I, again, like just before, um, I want to talk about a little bit about Colorado. I don't know what the fuck is going on there. And, I, and there was a band uh, from, oh, gosh, and you played with them. Uh, I'm going back. To, I think the last time I saw them was in 2017, and that's Cloudcatcher. And they, they told me straight up, they said, Denver is heavier. Now, I throw this out to you, gentlemen. Why is Denver such a, a hot spot? for this type of music? I think it's because people show up. I think it's because people realize what the local scene here has to offer and people show up on, you know, be it a weekend show, be it a Wednesday show. You go play some music and you're gonna be playing to a good crowd that appreciates what you're throwing down. And there's nothing like that reciprocal energy. You know what, bravo, bravo, man. I appreciate that. Now, I, I saw that you're, uh, you're going to be doing a show not too distant future at the Squire Lounge. Uh, I'm surprised. I didn't know. Is I I I hope Disbrew is going to come to Arizona, but I don't I don't see it. And I got a chance to check out Doomwell. Uh, wow, that is that's different. That is unique, and I like seeing that that kind of mix of a bill. Is that something that you prefer? Do you prefer to keep everything in your own lane? No, absolutely diverse as possible. So like you were saying with our influences and stuff, trying to come from like a, a psychedelic uh, proto, you know, metal situation, but we want to dabble in psychedelic rock. We want to dabble in things that maybe are a little bit more poppy than usual. We want to dabble in things that are like really doomy. We want to be eclectic. We want to be all over the place. We want to play with bands that are doing something similar, you know, Back when I was, uh, you know, early 20s, late teens, I was going to punk shows and the entire bill was all different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just can't go to a five band show and just hear the same thing over and over again. You know, it needs to yeah. be interesting. We need to make it happen. You know, they got to have that diversity. I fully agree. It's, I, yeah. I, but, <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just saying it's great because we kind of skirt the line between a lot of different genres and we can hop on a bill with our friends over in one sort of show versus something over here, you know, be it, you know, heavier, be it more like psychedelic. And it's it's nice to be able to kind of skirt that line in between genres and go play with a wide variety of local musicians. Absolutely. And oh, th this little tiny side piece, more exposure. 
you know, bigger audience, that would be great yeah. too. I mean, let's that too. <laughs> yeah, that too. So in, in discussion of a Colorado scene, so like I, I just I talked about the Squire Lounge. I know there's a few other places. So I, like I guess the question is, can you name some places um, that you would like to have to a show or to see a show uh, in that area and uh, for, for touring bands as well? Like if they want to hit up some people and, and also because what, what I've noticed, I've helped some helped some people book some tours and the time frame was so long. Uh, so if somebody's coming to Denver or, or, you know, in the Colorado area, like what would you suggest as a buffer time for a band that is going to go out on tour? Like how long uh, should they say, you know what I'm saying? I'm not getting the words yeah, out right. Yeah. Chris, what I would say is if you are, you're hearing this, you're in a band, you make heavy music, you make psychedelic music, hit up Lord Velvet. Even if it's going to be like a month or two out, we'll get you a show at Squire. I'll set sure. it all up. We'll do it. And it'll be a DIY full. All the money comes from the door. Right. You know, we split it up evenly. Or if there's an out of town band, we usually kick them a little gas money extra. Sure. Um, sure. So I'm throwing that out there. Taylor, you want to speak to some larger venues? Yeah. Yeah. Want? I mean, there's like, obviously your, your lead time depends on, you know, are you playing a Friday night show? Are you playing a Tuesday show? Are you trying to book a, you know, hundred person bar show? Are you trying to book something bigger? But I mean, you know, the, like some of our favorite places to play are, you know, the high dive um, mm -hmm. Squire always treats us right. Um, we had some killer shows at the HQ globe hall here in town. There's, there's a lot of killer venues and yeah, like you said, just like, if you're, if you don't know the Denver scene, you're trying to figure out where you fit and what would be best for you. Just hit us up. We're happy to help bands figure out where they can find a good place to get a good crowd turning up. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, in February of 2023, you released this first single, Night Terrors. How did it come about, and what can you tell me about it? Oh, man. So I wish I could say there was some, like, you know, artistic allegory involved in this song. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, it was, it was an experience that I actually had uh, several years back of uh, the only time I've ever had a profound case of sleep paralysis. Oh. which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. It's a, it's a place where, you know, the, the parts of your brain that handle dreaming keep going, mm -hmm. but you're awake and conscious, but your, your motor cortex is still turned off. And so I found myself awake in my bed, still having these like vivid open eye hallucinations and not able to move my body. Whoa. And, you know, Stone sober here, like <laughs> no, no substances were involved in the creation of this story. Right. But that I look over into the corner of my room and there's this dark hooded, just ominous evil figure with these golden hourglass eyes making these like arcane shapes at me as snakes and rats and spiders started falling out of this, this weird portal above my body. Wow. And I started having a panic attack. And that's the most dangerous thing you can do when you're having sleep paralysis or night terrors because your body starts to need more oxygen, but you're not able to respirate faster. You're not able to breathe faster. And so that's where people can die when they have this. And so I was having this like crazy experience where you know, these snakes and rats were crawling all over me and biting into my skin. And I felt like my flesh was being torn off of me. 
And I had to, and I, I suddenly realized what was happening, what this was, that it wasn't real, and that I had to calm myself down through this pain, through this crazy experience that seemed absolutely real to me at the time, until my body came out of the dream. Whoa! And so we started writing some music. I'm like, well, well, this shit's heavy as fuck. There, there's a song here, <laughs> like, right? So and so. Let me ask you something about the sleep paralysis, because I, I had a friend of mine that dealt with it, but he he had this other side to him where he told me that, like, he actually like he could see himself himself, um, you know, look down on himself. And I was like, well, does that mean you're like you're you're dead? He says, I don't know. But next thing I know, I was outside and I was going and then I came back in the house and uh, my body was literally bouncing off the walls. And then I got right back into my body. I'm like, is is that is that possible? Is that something that you've experienced? And so, I mean, what what's happening is the the areas in your brain that are active when you're dreaming are still just going like you're in a dream. And so, everything that's possible in a dream can happen in this scenario. Right. But what ha what happens is a lot of times it's you come back into consciousness a little bit while those areas of the brain are still as active as they are in the dream. Yeah. And, you know, your your actual conscious nervous system is still has the off switch on. Wow. That is it just sounds so fucking scary. I mean, as as you're telling me this, I'm wild. like it was wild. <laughs> it it just it feels like you're 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 like like the movies where you'd see like an insane asylum or something. I don't even know if that's the right term to say anymore, but uh, where where the people are strapped down and they can't move, and and that's yeah. that's oh, it's it that's got to be crushing. Yeah, and so you see this story play out a lot in like the old uh, like archaic witch trials and stuff, where people have these experiences where they often feel like there's this crushing weight on their chest, and there's these crazy you know dreamlike hallucinations happening, and it's like that that's what that is. It's just your body hasn't quite woken up yet, and so that was the inspiration for this song. So if you feel that, um, is there a way to harness it somehow and do something within that? Or do you just have to let this happen? Is there anything like um, so I talked to I talked to somebody a while ago and, and self through their through their self uh, improvement. They found that they had a lot of anger issues and didn't know how to cope with it. And it's like, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be the asshole, but I am. And I can't figure it the fuck out. So he did this biofeedback where from what he told me that there would be a bunch of little dots or something around on a computer and through some connection that they had on his head that yeah. he could actually look at it and it would form a circle or a star or something. And then yeah. he got rewarded. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> music aside, this is actually an area I can really speak to because my research background is as a biomedical engineer and neuroimaging and i did some eeg meditation training in my old research lab several years ago okay. and what it is is it, it looks at these particular brainwave patterns and you know you create visualizations with these software that help you like reset particular patterns so uh, oddly enough i can go down that rabbit hole really really far but that's probably not the uh i the do like that a lot no 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 you know, here's the thing. It's like I want like I said, I want to guy I want to get you guys on and talk about the song, but also like yeah, yeah. this interests me because like uh there's almost terms kind of like of biohacking. 
Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm curious. I'm, I'm now I'm curious. Uh, and I should ask a person that has knowledge of this um, for uh, nootropics, uh, the concept of possibly using provigil or or whatever, um, or even like people that are using um, ecstasy, Molly, whatever the hell it is. And then like they have to, they take five HTP afterwards to kind of reuptake their uh i guess there's serotonin gets robbed or something um it's a precursor so (laughs) i love this i love that fucking somebody could just answer me and say oh yeah it's a precursor don't worry about that but but seriously like talk to me for a second about the nootropics like is that real Is, is it bullshit no, I mean, like, I think that, I mean, that's a, it's a really broad term. And I mean, honestly, we can probably uh, set up an entire conversation about this. And if you'd like, I can get some of my like PhD friends in psychedelic medicine to come in and have an entirely separate conversation about this sort of stuff. Oh, fuck, but, dude, I'm know, taking like, you up on that offer, absolutely. like in a heartbeat. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that's wow. You know what? This is thank you, Taylor, because this is like. This like blow my fucking mind. It's 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 kind of like um, you never know who you're going to meet on the other side of the line. And this is. Yeah, shit, man. I mean, music. Yeah, that's great. And now psychedelic stuff. Oh, Ooh, I'm so in. So th- there, there's this guy. Um, I saw him uh, on Vice. Uh, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. But he he takes all these trips uh, through psychedelia and trying different uh, different uh, things. Um, like a Hamilton's pharmacopoeia or something. That's it. That's it. It's Hamilton's pharmacopoeia. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some very interesting stuff out there. Is that? What do you think? Like, is is he, is he expanding? Is he doing damage? And and I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna make any claims on what he's doing, but yeah, I mean, right, obviously, right. everything in moderation, including moderation, right? <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very good. Very good. So, um, so this debut LP, Astral Lady, uh, that should be coming out sometime soon. Uh, you've got a few more tracks, obviously. So, can you tell me a little bit about some of the other ones that you haven't leaked out yet? Yeah. So, you know, it kind of we wanted to do something that that had highs and lows. So it, it kicks off with this track that's you know kind of almost. I don't know what would you say, Taylor, like a little bit westerny, kind of, you know, lonely, psychedelic, uh, you know, dare I say, Pink Floydy, And then it gets, you know, really heavy. And it's 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 not it's not neurosis, but it's kind of that same vein of like it's quiet. It's the same riff and then it builds into the same riff. And Taylor is just. Oh, it's just an angelic force over top of this heavy riff. We got another one that he wrote about kaijus coming up from the bottom of the ocean and ascending into a heavenly body. And, you know, through all of it, it's just kind of a mixture of, you know, we want this doom element, but we want people to have a good time. We want smiles. We want booty shaking. But we oh, yeah. also want you to have that grimace. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, that grimace. Yeah, yeah just feel happening. that. Oh. Yeah, a little, bit, uh, a little bit of that. But, I mean, we got the four people to do it. Uh, and this album, it's going to be great. It's, it's only five songs. You know, it clocks in about 30 minutes, but short and sweet. Yeah. Mm. Now, you know, thank you for that, sir. And 
as I'm as I'm checking this out and, and, and noticing, um, I myself I have a La Coca Nostra shirt on, but I see that you, sir, have a WrestleMania shirt on. Which which year is that? Oh, that's the that is that the year Warrior won the title? This is six. I don't know if you won the title. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and admit. I don't remember WrestleMania six. It's just a T-shirt I found in a thrift store. I do love wrestling, though. All right. Dude. That being I, said, anyone who follows our Instagram will immediately know that Scoot loves wrestling because he <laughs> brings the hype <laughs> to our page, listen. just like all of the hype men from WrestleMania, and it's it's incredible. <laughs> do you know how you know how like you're hanging out and you find some people? And you find some others and you're like, how do I have a connection with fucking everybody here? So, Scoot, here's the thing. We have to talk for a minute. And this is serious. This is serious business. Okay. I'm talking about wrestling. Professional oh. wrestling. Oh, All I right. want you. I want you to tell me the top. Let's see. I want to say the top three finishing moves from professional wrestling. What do you oh, got? Easy. Easy. First of all. Stone Cold Stunner, no yeah. question asked. I don't know Bravo. if it's Bravo. like, like it doesn't look the best, but when his music comes out, he just comes down on an ATV or a milk truck and just starts stunning everybody oh. out of this world. Okay, not a finisher. People's elbow. Am I right? Come okay. on. Yep. Big. And pop. then number three, I'm 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 kind of going all uh, attitude area era, but Eddie Guerrero frog splash. Rock splash, very nice, very nice. I that that is a key choice. Now here's the thing. So I was thinking about. I don't know why I was thinking about it this week, but I'm thinking about wrestling moves, innovators. Like, yeah, you know, you know, Flair, and Flair's gonna get, uh, not now, but like at the end of the day, he would get flung into the corner and he would flip upside down, or he would do the one where he would take a few steps and then drop. And I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. That's your that's your gig. Um, the one move to this day, and I talked with, I think I talked with uh, Adam from Horseburner about this. Bret Hart. All right. He's, you know, yeah. the best there was, best there ever will be, whatever. I, I it, There was a moment where he put an, uh, the other wrestler in a figure four around the, the, um, the pole for the turnbuckles. Yeah. And, yeah. and hung upside down. Himself, he hung upside down. I'm like, that is the most gangster-ass fucking move. I thought, <laughs> I was like, and, and it's just, a, honestly, with like, I, I look, I get it. I know, it's fake. Whatever, fucking, who cares? But No, no, it's not fake. It's scripted. <laughs> oh, dude, you nailed it. You nailed it. Bravo. You nailed it. But But it's just like, this guy is still innovating, even after he had whatever a twenty-year-plus career or whatever at that at that moment, I thought that was one of the most, like the most incredible moves I had seen, where somebody like just took it to another level. It's like it's almost like watching what what would be MMA right now, and when somebody just does something and gets out of a move or or out of a hold uh, that you just never expected, like uh, like somebody like a John Jones or something. Sure, I mean it's. I watch both. It's incredible. You know, like I was watching wrestling. I, I try to watch Raw and some AEW. Um, watch ECW back in the day. But the product that they're putting out now, 
these people have to be gymnasts, yeah, actors and actresses. They're just, you know, I can't even imagine the pop of like an entire stadium. Just like when you come out there, you got a microphone on, and you're just like, just bullshitting with somebody, and then you got to like pick them up, throw them. You guys are hurting each other. It is crazy, and the stuff that you'll see now, I mean, it's it's wild. Like people are doing. Everyone's doing flips. Everyone's yep. bouncing on the ropes. Everyone's diving off into the crowd. It's crazy. You know, and I mean, honestly, you, you said it earlier. You could thank the Attitude Era. You could thank ECW because they brought that. Uh, they and they brought it in full force. I remember ECW pay per view first one. So you got Terry Funk. He, you know, they're they're talking about the legend, the fifty year old guy that he doesn't know what's going to happen. And one of the last moves was he flipped off. You know, off top turnbuckle. And uh, and people were like just going fucking nuts over it. And now it's like I feel like it's like it's it's upgraded. It, it has moved forward. Uh, it's not just uh, headlocks anymore, you know. Yeah, it's interesting that you threw his name out there because he's one of the main people. Him and HBK are like the two main guys, I feel like, that are training everyone now. Really? I Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, Funk. Fuck, man. I remember seeing him in the early days of ECW and coming out with that Terry Funk voice. And he's like, I don't know, man. You know, you guys. Uh, I'm butchering it. Um, but, uh, yeah, stick with ECW, man. I think they got something going here, you know. And what a what a wonderful gentleman. Like, it it, <clears throat> it kind of even hurts me a little bit because I heard uh, Foley, Mick Foley talking about that he's talked to Funk recently and it's his his mind is kind of kind of going a little bit and it, it hurts. And uh, I like, that'll be, that'll be a one that gets me in the gut, you know? Um, like, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm probably older than all you guys, but the, the days when I first saw the four horsemen kill it and absolutely crushed. Cause they just, they didn't even have to wrestle. They just, they just talk shit and they, and they talked against dusty and the, the dusty feud that NWA era was so just integral to that, to, to just what wrestling was. It's like you had the shiny, kitty, comic-y WWF, and then you had the hardcore, you know, the NWA where it's like, and it, it just felt so, it, it sounds bad, but it's like, it sounds so Southern. It just seems so Southern, you know? I'm a Virginia boy. There's <laughs> two, two Southerners here, so. <laughs> ah, right on, right on. And so so I've, I've got a good, I got a good story for you, Chris. So when I was in, living in Richmond, I lived there for a long time, and right. uh, I ate these weed brownies, right? Okay. And we, a bunch of us went to this, like, it was like a local high school or something like that. Was Jake the Snake was wrestling. Right. And I remember sitting in this area with my friends, and I got my head lean way back because my eyes won't open very much. <laughs> and it's my, it's my first... It's my first panic attack that I've ever had, but I'm too stoned. I'm just like sitting there oh and I'm God. like too high to do anything about it. And like kids are coming over there and like their moms are like, get back over here, don't go near those weirdos. And Chris, I was convinced, this is how high I was. I was convinced that a meteor was gonna crash into this high school and it was gonna kill us all. And what I had to do was I had to accept that I was here watching Jake the Snake, and it was going to be that was going to be okay if that was how it was going to go. 
Well, I mean, J- doesn't Jay kind of just he he just uh, uh, gives you that calm that you need? And I, you know, <laughs> but I'm gonna say, I'm saying that in in regards to like there are people like you know like Warrior, okay? So Warrior comes out and yeah. you have the vengeance and the hellfire and brimstone, and he's real fucking loud. And even the Rock and you know a Dusty, you know, he's like I'll, I'll rip off your head and dance on your tonsils. But then you get you get somebody like Jake. Like master tactician, but the he one of his the best attributes of him was he didn't yell. He didn't yell when he was cutting promos. He was always just like, hey, this is what's going to happen. This is the way we're going to do it. And you're going down. That's it. And you're going to get Damien. That's it. Done. And I was like, wow, fucking a brilliant man. Brilliant. Bring that. We should. Oh, somebody can somebody look in the Stoner Doom community, please. Could somebody please d- just one song about wrestling? That's all I'm, I'm just asking for one. I don't care. You want to do a cover? Do a fucking do a Doom version of Real American, which, by the way, was not Hulk Hogan. That was Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. That's another story. But like, just do one of those for me, please. Scooby, please, can you? Yeah, and even deeper than that, Chris. I'm gonna tell you when I was like oh, a kid. I was a kid. Before I ever started playing guitar and the rocks music. That that made me go to my parents, you gotta buy me a guitar. Wow. Oh man. That was the first that was the first riff I learned was the rock the rock says. (laughs) Oh my God. So you know, Scoot, now you know that the next show you play, which is at, uh, where are we going here? We're playing with Disbrew and, uh, and doing yep. well at the Squire Lounge. You know you got to open with that. Or close. I mean, it's a closer. <laughs> it's a fucking closer. Like, look, if, if, it's, a, if it's a full crowd, the, you know, I mean, people's elbow. Like, what, what are we hurting here? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Take off right. the elbow pad. Hurts yeah. more. Exactly. And I... I am saying somebody record this show because I want to see it. I want to see it. Thank you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for 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 hanging out and uh, and just uh, catching some time with me here. I have just a handful of other questions. And of course, Taylor, I got to have you back on. We got to do some psychedelic discussion, but we're 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 going to talk about the pressing issues right here. And here we go. Uh, What is your mom's? catchphrase oh man all right i got one for yeah. you my Go mom ahead. used to always do this z for mation i don't know where the hell that comes from but <laughs> it used to always make me laugh so hard and it was like a it wasn't like a funny thing she'd be like go clean your room and i'd be like i'm not doing that and she'd be like z for mation <laughs> I feel like it's from a movie, but I mean, it's like that is yeah, two snaps up and a twist. Uh, Taylor, do you have one? Yeah, my my mom was always like, "Hold on to your feathers." And, <laughs> like, I, I don't know where my feathers are, but that just meant that the minivan was about to do some Mad Max shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to your feathers. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's when we got to put in the vernacular. Definitely okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. What is a movie that you liked and would rate highly, but not watch again? Uh, X. 
It's that recent uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre homage of the two old people that have the the porn uh, stars come and film at their house, and it's super gory. It's amazing, and I highly recommend it to everyone. I'm probably not going to watch it again because it. I need a I need a little bit of humor in my gore. There's not gotcha. a lot of humor in that one. Yeah. Okay. So you're so if you were to choose between horror and gore, would you choose gore or you need a mix? Oh, I mean, you know, like Barbarian mm-hmm. just came out this past year. That was like one of my favorite movies uh, this past year. But you know, I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's scary as fuck. But there's this dude in there who's like. Just he's like a comic relief kind of a case, an asshole, and he basically there's this dungeon below the house, and okay. he's trying to sell the house, and there's all this horrible like cages and shit down there, but he's like measuring, like with this measuring tape, and he's trying to figure out how he could like market this to sell his house better. It's really funny, but like it needs that little bit of need to lighten the mood just a little bit, like even like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like it's horrifying, but. Right. It can't be enough. It is. Now, okay, th- thank you for I gotta I'm gonna add this to my watch list. It's on HBO Max right now. Uh quick plug. Uh Barbarian. I didn't see this before. Uh so okay, so that's a that's a win. What was the movie <clears throat> I'm kinda blank in and I'm too lazy to look it up right now, where um it was like God, what was it where it was like gore for the sake of gore and somebody was like cutting somebody like from from the their privates to their head and uh, oh uh, bone 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 tomahawk. I don't know if that's it. I'm not sure, but but bone tomahawk. All right, hold on a second. Let me put that in the list here. Bone tomahawk. So, Tell me about bone tomahawk. So I don't remember too well, but I know Kurt Russell was making that movie while he was making Hateful Eight. Um, oh. And so in Bone Tomahawk, he has to have a very similar facial hair because he wasn't allowed to cut it because he was filming Hateful Eight. But there is a scene in that movie where he's like in a a cell. And, you know, don't crucify me over this because I don't remember fully. It's been a little while, but they hold this person up by their legs and they they chop them all the way all the way through. Oh, gruesome. That's not it. It was it was it was a more current film. I think there was two two of them to it. Maybe there was something with clowns involved. Am I, am I talking on my ass? It? I, I haven't seen the It movies, but that's clowns. No, oh, it's... oh, 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 oh. You know what I'm talking about? It, I, you, it's close. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. My wife said she absolutely refuses to fucking watch it. Uh, <laughs> like, she's like, there's no way. That's It's just not fucking happening. I'm, I'm looking. I've got, oh, this is disgusting. I have got 235 titles in my watch list here. And uh, let's see. I don't know, man. Dude, I can't. The Stranger? No, that's not it. Oh, uh, uh, by the way. It's called like Terrifier or something like that. What the fuck was it? E, uh, by the way, uh, Ian, uh, he's he's editing this. Ian, you're going to have to edit this because I, I need a minute here. I need a hot minute to, to figure this out. Uh, let's see. War Dogs? No, that's not it. Licorice. Oh, Licorice Pizza. I didn't see I that. Think, that was- I think, Chris, I think it's the two Terrifier movies. Terrifier. That might be it. Let me let me check. Terror, terrify. Wait, wait a minute. Uh oh yeah 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 that's it with the little hat on top. Yeah, yeah that's that's the movie. Oh, uh, all right. So that's one I got to watch by myself. Did you see those? I did not. No. 
Okay. All right. So that's something we have to do. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Taylor, what do you got? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be really boring on this one, but like, I don't think there are any of those because if I really like something, I love sharing it with other people and being part of their like first experience with it. And so if I love something, I'm down to watch it again and show it to other people. I do the same thing. What is that? Is that is that some kind of psychic or um, not psychic, like some kind of a psychological trait where like there are people that will say, yeah, go, 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 go see it, go see it. And then there are people that are like, no, I want I want you to see this with me. I want yeah. to get your visceral reaction with me. Like, I like, don't know I what that be is. A part of your immediate reaction to this. Yeah. And, I love that. And, I mean, honestly, there's some, there's probably some self gratification, but also it's like, I, I'm, I'm sharing this with you, like here, like enjoy this. All right. Yep. So, and as we do this, we move on uh, because this is something, and I, and I, I, I want to explain this. The question is why, why are you sometimes such an asshole? And the reason I say that is because there are times when something gets me and I'm not exactly sure what it is, I don't know why. And then I come to it. I'm like, oh, I was hoping this. I was hoping that I wanted to do this. And what what I found that that really gets me the majority of the time is I don't want to let someone down. I want to be that person, be the person that's by your side. And like you, you, you got a call, uh, you know, you calling me at 2 a.m. in the morning. You got a problem. Fuck them there, man. I'm fucking there. And the, there was an old term. It, it's called um, all night with the lights on. So somebody says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling wrong. Um, where are you? I said, well, I'm on my way. And we'll get through it. And we'll get through it all night with the lights on. And um, there, is a, there is a point where sometimes, like, I feel like uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm being a jerk about it. And and I have to come to terms with that. So is there any times that you feel that way? Uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to make me be vulnerable on your show, Chris. I'm so sorry, but I don't know. It hit me viscerally. I got I just got to say it, dude. <laughs> so so for me, I mean, you know, I hate to admit it, but I'm a I'm a uh, I don't I don't think vain is the right word, but I care a lot about what people, you know, think. Yeah. As much as I don't want to, I do. So, like, if especially like in a group setting, like if if things aren't going the way that I think that they should be going, I can just feel myself just like a fire, like building up inside me, and I'm just like yep. immediately when I like manage everyone, I'm like, ah! like well, this is not what we should be projecting. This is that not what I want myself to look like, and like just try to control everything, turn into an asshole. And I hate it about myself, but we're going to be vulnerable on, on Doom Tomb. you got to say it. Indeed. It's the Vulnerable Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Now, Taylor, <laughs> do you have something to share with the group? Um, I've got a few scenarios where I'm just like, if this is happening, I can turn off the part of myself that cares if I'm being an asshole. It's like, if these conditions are met, I can be as much of an asshole as I want. And like. I get livid with people who are trashing nature 
you know, like if, if you leave trash out on your hike, if you're throwing stuff around, like we're not okay. Like I'm going to lay into you, leave no trace. That's like, <laughs> I agree. like, if I see that happening, then just like all bets are off. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's, what's going on in Colorado with the, with the weather lately, but I know like here we, we, they've released some dams and there's, there's water flowing and, and, you know, the, the snow is melting and all this. And I talked to some people that are actually in that business recently, and they said, like, there has to be a cleanup involved. Like, once the water rushes out and it goes down into the water table or whatever or, or soaks into the ground, they don't have to do a cleanup. Like, if we just were cleaner, we wouldn't have to do this cleanup. Yeah. But it it it, it it's kind of saddens me in a way. And I, I tell her, I, I, I thousand percent, I get it, man. It's It's just a feeling that you're like, we could do better and hopefully yeah. we can. So and, we can okay. easily do and speaking of doing better, we have to talk about this thing because I've, I've had a few different uh, iterations and one of them, which is absolutely sick. If you haven't tried it yet, Biscoff spread, it is like a, have you had it? I have not. Okay. So it's this creamy deliciousness picture, a delicious cookie in a spreadable kind of conglomeration, like like a peanut butter, let's say. It is so good. Like you, 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 it's just like you just don't want to stop. You just want to eat the whole fucking thing, which brought me to this thing because I, I understand not a lot of people know that Biscoff or Biscoff spread, but you might know this. So the question is, what is the best thing to put peanut butter on? So personally, yeah. A banana but on like a broader societal level it's got to be a dog treat because like watching a dog eat peanut butter is one of those profound joys that we can all just unite upon regardless of our background yeah <laughs> it's funny okay. that you mentioned that taylor because isn't it crazy that dogs will like anything you put peanut butter on <laughs> <laughs> oh dude I mean, I don't... that's definitely how i've given my dogs drugs in the past like <laughs> It's like, nope, you, you got to go into the doctor. Here's your, like, special kibble. Put some peanut butter on it. <laughs> I totally get um, it. For me, I would say, uh, all right. Yeah, go ahead. So you bust out the Eggos. You toast them up, pull them out. You slather just thick peanut butter on one side. You make a sandwich, and it gets all gooey, but it doesn't go out of the sides because there's all those pockets the pockets Woo! those pockets and you just eat it and and blueberry strawberry regular it doesn't matter it's it's incredible it's good yeah Dude, combining the banana with that i've been on a belgian waffle kick lately where it's peanut butter on a belgian waffle with bananas and maple syrup Perfect. Yeah, that that was the question i was going to ask what's going to be the sweet are we going to throw a little uh little honey on there but no you're going syrup very nice. Yeah. Like, a, like, are you are you thinking like a grade A amber syrup or? So I I was at Costco recently and I just decided to splurge a little bit and picked up a uh, bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. Oh, good lord! Taylor, Taylor, I'm 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 actually a little moist right now. I, I don't yeah, mind saying yeah, it. Yeah, we're, we're all wet here. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, as my and it's the one phrase that I think my my wife just cringes at where I just walk around every once in a while and I say. Yeah, daddy's wet. Daddy's yeah. wet. <laughs> Bourbon barrel maple syrup, man. Like that's uh that's where the <sighs> money is. This is you know, you 
I gotta tell you, both of you and Scoot, man, you fucking with the pockets in the waffle that that just gets me so much because my my, oh, my telling you, man, my my wife, she bought something. It was some kind of like in uh, Instagram or or TikTok thing where it's just like it's just like little tiny waffle maker. It's maybe like about that big or something. And I'm like, yeah. So now I got a project to do tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just make like sure, Chris. You get two. You get two. You put it on one. You put the other one right on top. This is why I know that you're going to want to put maple syrup on it. Okay. Just at least eat the first couple bites. Just plain. See how it treats you before you start dumping maple syrup all over it. God damn it. I'm with you on this. Oh, that is a, that oh, is a, hungry. <laughs> that's a delight. Now, uh, before we go, obviously. Uh, so we had a we had a beverage of uh, the silver bullet. There's no snowing down. But uh, Taylor, I saw I saw that you had a, a little of the red. What do you, what do you got there? Yeah, yeah. So we're doing a uh, let's see a nice uh, Barolo from the Piedmont region of Italy. It pairs exceptionally well with uh, cheesy poofs. Oh, indeed they do. <laughs> indeed they do. Um, do you, are you are you a, a a fan of aeration of the uh, of the wine? So this is another rabbit hole that we could probably do an entire another conversation about. But I'm with you, dude. You know, we got time. Like, I mean, ultimately, do the tannins need the oxidation, or do the tannins not need the oxidation? And that's down on the wine. That's down on the age. That's down on the vintner. There's there's a time and place to oxidize and let your wine breathe, and okay. you have to know when to do that and when not. All right. So I mean, you're you you know you're the foremost expert on on the podcast at this moment. So why don't you tell me what's when's the best time to aerate? Is there? And let me ask you this before before we continue that: Is there a specific red that would do better by aeration over another? And so, like the the varietal that I'm drinking right now, which is Nebbiolo, which makes your Barolos and your Barbarescos and things like that from Northern Italy, tends to be incredibly tannic. And it ages very well because of those tannins. And when you have a very well-aged wine with a lot of mature tannins, it needs some time to breathe. Right. But the vast majority, yeah, and Scoot's drinking the uh, the banquet. Mm. Local. <laughs> yeah, local beer. So, yeah, I am a uh, self-proclaimed Epicurean, so I will, I will delve deep into all the flavors I can find. <laughs> Epicurean, that's like with horses, right? yeah it's something like that there yeah something like that yeah oh guys thank you so much man this has been a fucking blast i i so appreciate you reaching out and and it's just been a fun time so all right here's the thing let's get this rolling here let's let's put it out to the masses let's talk so you have an album that's ready to go you need yeah. a label. Yeah, we do. Give give me give me your label elevator speech as to why 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 are they going to pick you up? What are they going to do? Well, you know, Chris, great question. First of all, and uh, second of all, I just want to say, Lord Velvet, your boys, we're going to be the top. Tier of your record label. We are going to promote 
We are going to tour. We are going to play the domes, the stadiums. We are going to be the biggest show on earth. We are going to have the rock. We are going to have the roll, the cream. It will rise to the top. Lord Velvet, your boys, we're going all the way to Europe. We're going all the way across Russia. We're touring Japan. We're going all around Denver at the moment. But... Oh once this album drops, once you become filthy rich off of our backs, it's going to be amazing. All of the Lord Velveteens, the Velveteers, they're going to be shouting all across the neighborhood, all across the lands. They're going to know our name, and therefore, brother, they're going to know your name. Oh, also, there'll be yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah, on top of that, and that's outstanding. Oh, yeah, yeah, brother. That thank you. A delightful promo from Scoot. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> really appreciate it. Appreciate all your uh all your time that you're giving me now. Uh let's say somebody wants to reach out to you and scoop up on this album and talk to you and and, and just say, like, hey, where are you gonna be? I gotta I, I need to I need you in my state for a tour. How can they reach you? Uh, hit us up on Instagram. You know, uh, we got Facebook. We got Instagram. It's Lord Velvet Official uh, for Instagram. Lord Velvet Band at gmail.com. We got a website, lordvelvetofficial.com. It's got our EPK. It's got a single on it, pictures, our bio, a uh, couple of reviews. Um, so check that stuff out. But really the easiest way is I run the Instagram. Just hit me up. I check it all the time. All of us have the notifications. We're always reaching out to each other. So yeah. if you want to come to Denver, you want to you want to play a show with us, or um, you know, we got any questions about our sick T-shirts um, or anything like that, you know, just hit up us up on uh, Instagram, and uh, I'll take care of you. Right on. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. And thank yeah, you. man. Let thank you. Yeah, uh, Taylor. Thanks. Um, and. You know, if you come in Arizona, let me know. We'll figure it out. We'll get you. We'll get you booked somewhere, and uh, and, and we'll rock and roll. Thank you to both gentlemen in the band, Taylor. Thank you so much. We got to have you back on the podcast. Might be one of the smartest people we've ever had on the podcast. And Scoot, thank you so much. He cuts a promo like no one else. Yeah, you should hit him up. Maybe he could do some audio. Who knows? Maybe you got a career in that too. I don't know. But what I do know is I have the latest track. Here it is. Lord Velvet with Night Terrors.
Thanks for listening, everybody. Doom Tomb Podcast at gmail.com. That is how to reach us. Cranium Radio, 6 to 9 p.m. Sundays. We got a show. It's the Doom Tomb. Check it out. Hang out with us. That would be awesome. Ian from No Masters Audio. Thank you so much for doing all you do for the Doom Tomb. He does all things sound and much, much more. Hit him up at No Masters Audio. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Follow us on social media, Doom Tomb Podcast or Doom Tomb. We're around. You know, links are in the show notes. You got that already. All right, everyone. Thanks. Take care of yourselves. Get out to those shows. Buy some of that band merch. And above all, like Denver, keep it heavier.